and, and at some level they just know we all know mm. that we all know that the quest of the masculine is for the woman's hand in marriage at the softest the deepest most respectful most honoring levels Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We're diving straight into why equality has killed polarity and why that matters so much for us, for men and women, for connection. So we all know the statistics around divorce. They're above half now of marriages end up in divorce. There's some new stats coming from Pew that say that men are men that are looking for short and long-term relationships are down 11% from just four years ago. So there's something going on. And to really dive into this, I have here with me Igor Vasilevitsky. He is a fellow first-generation immigrant from the Soviet Union. And most importantly, he's the founder of Holistic Life Counseling. He's in Australia right now. And I came across Igor's writing first in his work, and it just hit me so abruptly. Just It hit me to my core. You know, he has this uncanny way of depicting the interplay and dynamics of men and women and the desires between the masculine and the feminine to a place where it just feels so real and it makes so much sense. It's so juicy. (laughs) And the big thing that we really uncover here, I'm so excited for you guys to hear about this, is why it's so important for us to separate our personalities from our desire for polarity and how that will help us when we're dating, when we're relating, when we're in partnership. So listen in, we cover that. And we also talk about why men love hierarchies, why Hollywood is ignoring the mature masculine, uh, why it turns out that disasters bring people together and, and why the rigid masculine is the way he is that authoritative, uh, masculine figure that we all know, like where that comes from. And so all kind of help us really uncover you know, what men and women crave. So this episode was so beautiful. I hope you all enjoy it as much as I did recording it. Hello, everybody. This is the Venus and Mars podcast, and I'm your host, Anya Shack. I'm a culture and trend strategist, researcher of all things hunter-gatherer, and I'm devoted to healing the divide between men and women. So if you like what you hear and you're on Team Unite Venus and Mars, then join me in growing the movement by hitting subscribe. Now let's get straight into the episode. Igor Vasilevitsky. Hi. Hello. Hello. And thank you for that really kind introduction. Thank you. Of course. Of course. I'm so excited to dive in. I know you just got so much wisdom to share. Every time you post something, I'm always like, shit, that like hit me deeply. And um, it's very, very moving. And, you know, in order to jump in, I kind of would love to kind of ground us and the audience and everyone listening in in you and your journey through this and into your masculine psyche and how you kind of navigated. And so mm-hmm. kind of to start, I have here a couple of um, testimonials from, from some of your clients. Um, so Igor has about 20 years plus of experience. He has helped so many people throughout his uh, tenure. And here are a couple of things that people say, which I think is just so beautiful. He has a raw sincerity and gentle yet firm masculine holding, you know, his presence holding on all levels, bullseye intuition, you know, his approach is very compassionate. And these things to me are just like so profound. And it's because not a lot of people associate those things with masculinity in our general culture. So I'm curious kind of how you got here to to have these kinds of testimonials and what your journey's been like. 
Yeah, okay. Um, where to begin? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if, if there was a spontaneous spontaneous thing that 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 kind of that I yearned for and drew me down that pathway or just a hell of a lot of my own personal issues and a, and a heightened awareness of the issues but um yeah I just kind of went on this journey and through spirituality through psychotherapy and kind of looked for ways of marrying the two and uh, at a certain point I recognized more to the point I suppose I recognized uh first of all the multidimensionality of my consciousness you know so being aware that let's say for example what's true at the personality level isn't what's true at the polarity level which mm. is the masculine and feminine or at the soul level or the essence level there are other rules at play um but they're equally valid they're equally truthful and one of the things that um i find is lacking out there is this kind of absolutism about this rule or this approach or this method uh, methodology or or technique to working you know this plus that equals codependent attachment or something yeah. like that yeah. and it's like yeah well on one level but on another level it's actually completely true and healthy mm. you know it's like how do we hold the spectrum of different levels of consciousness uh some that are sometimes contradictory to one another mm. in the same consciousness or in the same relationship with another person right. as equally valid right. um and, you know so in my own journey of unpacking that in myself and kind of going well this is this this doesn't make sense what does oh this does um so that and that is uh you know both both relevant both appropriate both true mm. um you know and in my personal journey in terms of specifically polarity it's it's kind of been more raised with a very developed i'd say feminine yeah so a lot of those things that you mentioned in the testimonials are in a lot of ways you know, some of them are feminine, or at least you pointed to the feminine aspects of the, the right. softness, passion, the the empathy, um, the the felt sense, the the being with somebody in their pain or in their suffering, yeah. and that. But I didn't really have a very healthy masculine, mm. and at the same time, I didn't really see any healthy masculine out there, which was which is, in my perspective, to a large extent, a big epidemic at the moment with males. It's like you either get indoctrinated into the toxic old masculine or you get feminized. Right. What the hell is this deeper masculine? Mm. And uh, I didn't really have an external teacher, an external compass. And so I went on this, you know, I guess, inner, inner journey around finding or discovering what the hell that meant. What is this actually clean, healthy uh, masculine that we that we talk about or we read about but but yeah. how does it how do you how do you learn that how do you be that without understanding it from your mind and acting it which yeah. a lot of people do. and so in that journey it's like as the insight started to unfold and as the changes started to happen within me and then as I as I noticed experientially how different I was with people that I was able to be solid and mm. firm and holding and supportive and and penetrative and, and provisioning um but from a place of softness and love and compassion and, and heart you know yeah. that's when I started to see more of the dynamic apply between the masculine and the feminine within me within my own consciousness and so mm -hmm. a lot of the writings I think that drew you perhaps to uh, inviting me on comes from that place of just me stumbling within my own journey within my own consciousness into this like oh my god this is this feels so true 
you know, on this level, at least of my development. Mm. And it felt so right to put it out there, you know, I mean, writing an articulation of truth or what I discovered to be truth is something that I'm very inspiration. You know, I feel very inspired by, and that is what I end up yeah. doing. And, and that is what, what also ends up happening in sessions with clients when I work with them quite often. I just, I learn I get taught in a way on the fly as I work with with a person, these insights, we just stumble into them together. And it's like, I'll say something and I'm like, that is as new for me as it is for you. Mm. you know? And it's like, I can I, it's like, can I share that as a truth? And most most of the time people want that shared because it is in a way an uncharted territory of the psyche that I think a lot of people now are discovering. And um, I'm one of those people that have, I suppose, chosen i guess on some level to go on this journey a lot of times yeah. i haven't been choosing i think i've been dragging and screaming to be honest but um, <laughs> you know it is what it is yeah thank you that's really beautiful um i feel you i also didn't really see healthy masculine um as a child and i think that's what drives my desire to have these conversations and just find help men and women find each other in a way that is balanced and um, fruitful for both of them. And so, you know, when it comes to unhealthy expressions of masculine, I think that would be a great place to kind of um, go because I think people listening to the show, they're, they're dating, they're meeting different types of people and they're finding patterns. And mm -hmm. I think it would be great to kind of discuss and explore. I'd love to hear your perspective because I, I feel just, um, kind of coming from former Soviet Union, immigrating here in the early 90s. Okay. Yeah, like, you know, just rigid, hostile, scary masculine um, that I, like, <laughs> I felt scared a lot of the time when I was a kid. Um, and not to the point of like crazy violent aggression, but I wasn't like comfortable to be myself, that's for sure. And I mm -hmm. find that some other women that I've met um, throughout my journey have that have had similar experiences have also kind of developed this need to overperform, overdo, overprove. And um, those are some of the patterns that I've noticed. And I'm, I'm curious, like what you've noticed and the differences between how men and women grow up with those kinds of authoritative masculine presences. Yeah. Yeah, great question. Big topic. I mean, I'm the same as you as we were talking before um, we hit record is, you know, coming from the Soviet Union and having that really rigid masculine role model that's quite scary and confronting um, and in a way a symbol and a, uh, yeah, a symbol of the, what we now see as or coin as toxic masculine or alpha yeah. masculine or something yeah. like that now. Of course, you and I have the privilege of living in a first world country. Yeah. Where we're safe enough in our base pyramid needs of survival to explore self-realization at the top, right? To reflect on the composition of our psyche, of our parents' psyche, of the cultural psyche, mm -hmm. and pull it apart. Um, they didn't. And for them, it was about survival, you know, and I think that's important to honor. Yeah. And they gave us this opportunity. But they came from, you know, a survival base, a survival mm -hmm. drive mm -hmm. for themselves and for us. You know, yeah. their their parents were in the war, for God's sakes, you know. Um, <clears throat> so that that masculine is very much about, well, 
I am going to provide, right? But out of survival, and I don't care who has to die in the way. I don't care which feelings get repressed in the way. I just have to make sure they they're fed, yeah, yeah, and they're clothed. and they're educated because that means survival. So I'm going to beat them up, or I'm going to yell at them, or I'm going to be aggressive, yeah. so that they survive. That's actually what's behind it. It's yeah. still the masculine impulse. The intention, still at the core, is still fruitful. Mm. That's the thing. And so, for example, in my in my context, in my family, it's like when I started to connect to the deeper understandings and the deeper intuitions and the deeper connection to the masculine energy, I started to see that flow even through what we call toxic individuals. Yeah. Um, so those that were normally I would experience, for example, you know, at times my father, the criticism, mm -hmm. let's say. Yeah. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, I felt the impulse for my development and my embetterment and my pushing out into the world and all these positive things behind that, sitting behind that. Yeah. At the same time, that's not a cop out. That's not like to codonate and to say, why am I saying that word wrong? Condone. Condone. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, it's not to condone that behavior. It's like, well, it's great that we recognize good intentions, but sure. uh, it's like the, the behavior is still toxic and all these other levels and it's still damaging, right? So if we have the opportunity for developing relationships, for developing ourselves, then how do we work through it, right? So your question was about authority. Yeah. So that authority comes from, you know, okay, I got to take charge here at all costs. Yeah. Because survival's at stake. Yeah. I don't have time to stop and ask Anna about her emotions because I have to get her uh, f away from the oncoming truck right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's kind of that's what's playing out. Mm. Um, however, when there is no truck, you right. know, and Anna wants to cross the road, um, then being that way is damaging to her. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry, I'm using you as a. Oh, I love example. it. So true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what is clean authority then? Oh, well, that's, that's the question. It's like, how, how do we connect to a healthy, clean authority yeah. from the deeper masculine? What exactly is that? How does it feel different? How does it look different? Well, the first thing is, in my experience, is that authority, you know, comes from this quiet confidence and trust. Mm. So, the opposite is I don't trust that mm. the universe has got our backs. I got to take charge here. Oh my God, I got to control. I got to dominate right. to save, to protect, right? right? Healthy authority is like, comes from this surrendered trust, which is the feminine mm. and the quiet, deep confidence of like in myself that I've got this situation. I've got it. I, got it, I, I can step in. I can take authority, right? You do this, you do that. But there's a quiet confidence and trust that things are going to be okay. Right? So it's that quiet, strong, masculine presence that you just trust innately because it's calm. It's not yeah. panicking. It's not aggressive. It's it's directive, but it's yeah. also got this calmness to it. Mm. It's qualitatively very different. Right? right? Is but that... to get there, you Go have to... But to get there, you do have to go also through the route of the feminine surrender into trust that mm. things really are going to be okay. 
Otherwise, I can't get to my masculine authority of confidence because the confidence is in me and my capacity, but also in the universe. Wow. That's really, yeah, that makes sense. I, <sighs> as you're speaking, it, it makes me think of like, you know, cause women always say, I just want to be seen. I just want him to see me. Right. And so with that authoritative darker end, it's like, there's no space for that, but it seems like with the, from the healthier side, there's a space for seeing the feminine creatures around you. Is that kind of true? Well, yeah, you're not tunnel visioning for survival here anymore. Mm. You you have more space and time to actually admire, mm. right? If you're not surviving, you can you can stop and turn around and admire the roses by the wayside. It's the same right. thing with the feminine. You can admire her radiance, her aroma, her beauty, right. because you still know things are going to be okay. Right. That's you don't have to panic. You're not in a constant state, state of panic. And I just need to make sure she's alive. Yeah. Right. Rather than take time to deeply see her. Mm, I love that. You know, what's interesting. This makes me think of. So one of the big topics in culture, we talk about like men and vulnerability and we talk about, you know, what that looks like uh, when men express that. And so I've been hearing a lot of people talking about how, you know, there are kind of two two different ways that I've seen men go and neither of them work when it comes to coming home from work, for example, they've had a hard day. So one of the ways they'll they'll respond is by, you know, hey, how was your day? Fine, nothing, everything, you know, ignore. Mm -hmm. And then the other way is like, it was terrible. I had this happen, help me, right? Like seeking that help from the feminine for the feminine to fix it. And either both ways, like, don't work. And so, um, you know, that's where the conversation comes in where like men having men in their lives, right. That they can call on to support them. And so this conversation of like, why men are confused about vulnerability in, in what it actually looks like. Um, so I'm curious your thoughts on that. Um, I mean, I think there's a place for again masculine and feminine right yeah. so we all have that and of course a, a man who is purely in his masculine uh is well kind of psychopathic there is no <laughs> empathy it's all about goalie orientation it's all about mm. outcome, you know and so yeah we all have vulnerability we all have emotions who when we when, when we're connected to it usually our partners are seeking emotional attunement and connection right. and understanding not just to receive and hear them but they want to know where we're at in the space mm. often so I, I don't subscribe to the polarity teachings of masculine men being just in the masculine women be just totally. being in the feminine to polarize the most <laughs> uh, i i don't really buy into that yeah um yeah so cool so i think i think the the, the connection of the man to to be able to drop first of all drop in and express and articulate but not even necessarily that often with the women where they're asking where are you at or what's happening is because they right. can't even feel right the other person's emotional presence there so right. at least they want to hear it to connect to it right well, if a person's connected to it in my experience in relationships if right. i'm connected to myself and i'm connected therefore to my partner energetically and emotionally mm. we know where oh it's like you're here and i'm there 
you know yeah there's no it's not it's not necessary to unpack necessarily these things yeah. all the time yeah uh, it's just about having connection at that level at mm. not, a, not just at the practical physical sacred intellectual but also in the emotional sphere love that that's really great because i think um you know in that like classic traditional you know i must not burden others right that ma that masculine thinking mm -hmm. that's like i have to handle all of this i can't burden others they sometimes won't even speak about that and so there's like you said there's no feeling and so what that presence does is it unlocks sexual attraction so i think that's what ends up happening where a lot of times that's just what i've heard and i'm curious like your perspective with couples that you've worked with where there's months maybe years of like <clears throat> not expressing <laughs> And so the sexual attraction kind of dwindles and goes away. And um, mm. I think men are struggling, struggle with that. Well, on the burden thing, you know, there is some truth and wisdom to, to a healthy aspect of that, as I've found, right? So it's like, okay. yes, there's an unhealthy ego kind of going like, well, I'm going to be a burden and I can't allow myself to be that on the other person. Otherwise they'll leave me, right. which is usually a childhood trauma anyway for both men and women, yep. actually, in my experience. Um, but from, from the masculine perspective, the masculine is the thing that um, holds, holds, right? And what is holding? Yeah. Holding is a set of boundaries, energetic boundaries, physical boundaries. It's my domain. It's my castle. It's my fortress, which the feminine can feel safe to be in and surrendered because mm -hmm. she's protected, right? So what is that in, um, so what does that mean in terms of the emotional, right? So if we look at the emotional, if we recognize the, uh, the emotional as the feminine yeah. and the masculine as, let's say, the practical, the protective, yeah right? These two energies within us. Yeah. 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 So uh, it's up to the masculine to hold and contain and give structure to the emotional aspect, right? Mm. So my emotions are coming up. And if I'm just going to be constantly blurting it out and just be a pile of goo, because I always have emotions moving. We all do. Yeah. That's, well, that's not, that's not tenable in a relationship. Then both people are in a constant workshop of constantly sorting the emotions out. And a lot of people I see, I like that. They go through the spiritual kind of dogmatic thing around, oh, that's uh, what's what am I feeling in the moment? And it's your turn to express and to feel this over-processing. Where's the masculine? The masculine needs to kind of go, well, a master of, of his own domain might feel emotions, different parts coming up. But it doesn't yeah. have to listen to every one of them and pay attention and get lost in them and yeah. sink in the swamp of it. And so he goes, he may, maybe he goes, not now. That's not repression. That's mm. containment and compartmentalization, which is necessary, not only for living life practically, but also for giving space to his woman. Yeah. If she's coming with all these emotions, he can, and he's, and he's like, oh, but I'm also in all of my emotions. <laughs> As opposed to kind of going, well, Okay, cool. I'm going to be present to you. Yeah. I'm going to deal with this piece later. Yeah. You or with men or whatever. So there is truth to I'm not going to burden burden you. Not quite. I'm afraid to say anything to burden you. Yeah. But I'm going to not just dump everything on you either. Yeah. And that capacity is masculine in my experience to create yeah. those boundaries and holding and to 
be the king of your consciousness. Mm. You know, it's like in the movies when we see the king come into court, right? And before that, there's everyone's whispering, whispering, talking yep. about the king. Blah, blah. And he comes in and all of a sudden there's silence. Yeah. That's what king consciousness is in the psyche. It arrives and all these parts and all these warring factions mm. and the king brings order to that. Yeah. You know, a person who is together is quite, um, can be stoic, can be emotionally open. Yeah. Because the other aspect, the extreme of it is the repression totally. where you forget about all that. That's the old unhealthy, controlling, but survivalist masculine, you know? Yeah. 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 Anyway, I've gone on many different tangents. I love it. That's so great. Okay. So in your experience working with men, have you noticed a profound difference in the men that have have other men in their lives that they're deeply connected to and the men that don't and how they work through their emotions. I'm curious. Yeah. Um, there's, there's men that belong to uh, men's groups, men's right. circles, men's retreats. And, right. um, and it also depends on what kind of men they connect with, that yeah. they uh, engage with. Cause a lot of men have toxic connections. Right. Um, and, and so negative influences. And then there are some men that have an outlet in these men's circles and men's groups. Uh, and they have, you know, a healthy r relationship, I suppose, to um, be able to distinguish between what to share in relationship with your partner. Yeah. And what becomes for them men's work to be, to, mm -hmm. to take to the men and to work through it there. I mean, it's not a necessity in in my experience to okay. have that. Yeah. Um, men who are emotionally intelligent enough are able to either sort things out by themselves or bring things to their partner. Yep. At times, confide in someone else. Right. Um, but I think, yeah, it is helpful to have men's circles as support for sure. Love that. Yeah. Um, I'm super curious. I would love to kind of go back to our conversation around the authoritarian kind of Soviet masculine thing that we we talked about and i i mentioned like the the female perspective on that and like what happens sometimes with the the women just anecdotally that i've known in my life i could probably count on like 15 or 15 or 20 that have had similar experiences and have kind of presented their lives in the same way um i'm curious why boys kind of act differently than girls when they have an experience of that kind of harsh authoritative masculine i'm curious like if you've noticed a difference in how they grow up in the sense of like what i've i've seen um just in my experience personally is the boys will try to mimic their dad as opposed to the girls which honestly just feel sad about it and don't know how to deal with their their lives <laughs> so i'm curious if you've noticed a pattern or what that is and why that happens that way uh you know personally i haven't okay because, like in my experience for example yeah. i went the other way okay. i went i went there's no way i'm going to be like that okay right yeah so so my wounding was different in a way of like cutting myself off from my masculine connection to the world right. Right. because it's like well if that's what the masculine means there's no way i'm going to be that i would rather be associated with the feminine and mm. so a lot of men are in that camp you know so True. it's like their identification is more with being a woman or wanting to be 
a woman. That's you know, or deep down within their psyche. Mm. And so they're cut off from the masculine and their healing and work is done in a different way. Sure. Some some become more like, yeah, this is the way that I have to be or I want to be, or that's the only way to be, you know, and I'm gonna do that, or I'm going to honor my male lineage to be that, or I'm gonna be close to my father by being that. Yeah. Right. So it just I think I think it depends on so many different influences. Yeah. And also the the nature of the child. Um I, I do believe that we come in with certain predispositions and certain ways. We're not a blank slate, totally. is what I'm, what I'm trying to say. So cool. uh have some agency in the choice that we make from that soul level kind of place. Not consciously, obviously, but yeah. 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 I mean, oh my gosh, just that so you speaking on this, it's like sparking so many things like I've heard, you know, my dad, for example, and other men that I've known, you know, say things like, you know, my dad was this and that and lots of horrible things. And then right mm-hmm. after the horrible things, he was amazing. He's my idol. I love him so much. I'm just, you know, it's, it's like, you hear that and you're like, whoa, can you not hear yourself? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah well, we're, I think we're all complicated. We're all, yeah you know, we're so contradictory because of these multiple levels of dimensions within our consciousness. Because on some level we may, of course we love, we cannot not love on some level our parents because they held the archetype of the ideal masculine and feminine for us. And and we felt it and we saw it, we connected to it. We looked at them with adoring eyes. Yeah, we did. You know, and then there were all these other layers of humanity that came in on top of it, which was either good or bad, depending, right? Mm. So there is this multidimensionality. And again, the, the more whole we become, to me, that wholeness is more like, now I understand I'm this depth of consciousness, the spectrum of, and I can understand this level and that level, and therefore I can hold it all together um, rather than have it in conflict with each other or try to make sense or find one truth or yeah. that sort of thing. Uh, then we can, yeah, I think we can live more peacefully, you know, with, with our parents, but, but this isn't just in, I know we're talking in the Russian context, but in my experience, it's across all cultures. Yeah. Like, I think it's more intense and pronounced where you and I are from for sure. (laughs) Yes. Just there's more intensity there because of the intense nature of the background and the hostility and the wars and for many different cultural factors created that. But I certainly see that with the much more laid back Australians that I work with, ah, let's say in Australia. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. So interesting. Um, yeah. I think, you know, as we're all healing, we kind of move into different places where we, of course, you know, start to see our parents in a way that they're just, you know, human. And that's definitely been my journey and, and coming back to a beautiful relationship with them after many years of dealing with myself <laughs> and all my issues. So I feel very, that's kind of why I came back here to Dallas to, um, to do that. And so it's beautiful. Um, I think it's, it's the needs conversation around like when you no longer, you know, you can meet your own needs for validation and then suddenly you don't need that from them. Is that kind of most people's experience? I think that's one of the healings. Sure. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. it's like uh it's like, oh, um uh let's say yeah, I mean, it's an interesting conversation because there's 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 also different levels and dimensions to healing. On the one hand, it's like, well, I can get to a place where I can meet my certain needs, they don't need to. 
right. or my partner can meet certain needs, they don't need to. You know, on another level, if you look at, for example, Christianity with communion or Judaism with bar mitzvahs and bat yep. mitzvahs, yep. right? That esoterically, originally, that transition was all about taking the ar- the projection of the archetype of the masculine, the, the father and the mother of the parents of the flawed human beings and putting it where it belongs up in the sky mm. and having a relationship there. We never ha- we never really go through this process. And so we continue to hold uh, human fallible limited parents to the perfectionist ideal of these archetypes and then we're like you're not meeting my needs you need to accept me it's like why should they accept you they're limited they're limited they, they've got these blinkers on they've got tunnel vision and you've just gone and done the spiritual journey and uh, we don't understand what the hell that is right? right how do we put that acceptance there and so um there's that level of of you know, needs meeting that we can transition to from them to div- divine connections. But there's also this depth of dropping beyond this sort of pers- personality, me needs, my needs, my inner child needs, to the depth, let's say, of the masculine feminine polarity, right? Yep. So on the, th- that level, the masculine doesn't need oh, my parents, you know, didn't didn't pat me on the head then. I need, I need my needs met now, this validation or whatever. The masculine is more about like, how can I serve? I want to yeah. serve. And if I'm not serving, if I'm not providing, if I'm not protecting, if I'm not loving, if I'm not holding the feminine and the family and the community and the village, my needs not being met. And that's a much deeper need. Mm. And these kind of little needs that we often talk about, these emotional needs, right? Yep. So a lot of times couples are with, with me or, or individuals in relationships are with me and they're like, yeah, but my nonviolent communication says I need to also have my needs hurt and my feelings validate and all this sort of stuff. They, yeah. they point out these theories. And I'm like, dude, drop beyond deeper than that, mm. you know, as an example. Yeah. What's real need there? It's like, yeah, actually, I love her to love her. Well, when she's coming to you with this pain rather than going, what about my pain? Mm. Can you be there with love for her pain, not about you. Mm. Because that's going to meet, ironically, that's going to meet your need at a deeper level, right? So it's like yeah. it depends which level and dimension that we go to around healing in, in answer to your question. And everybody's different. Everybody's a different stage. And, yeah. you know, it's my job as that um whoever, whatever I am to them to try to attune and find the next piece that, that helps them live life in a more content, fulfilling way. Wow. Thank you for going there because I was literally going to go there (laughs) before you said that. Um, so I actually have had two, I love anecdotes because I just think people like get it so quickly around just personal day-to-day stories. So I've had two stories this week specifically, one where a gentleman was telling me that, you know, his wife, um, his wife's cat, their cat, it's their cat essentially needed all this surgery, needed all this, like, anyway, he said that the greatest joy of his week of his month has been to be able to just pay for those bills. Like it was his greatest joy to like, know that he can handle those bills. He can take care of this animal. And she's like happy. Like he didn't care how much it costs, like $6,000 for this cat. And um, that was one story. The second story is I had a girlfriend basically tell me that 
something happened with her computer and the guy that she's dating um, just essentially bought her a new computer and just gave it to her, right? And she's kind of like a lot of women that I've experienced, right? Like we've had these this like masculine wound, this inability to receive, thinking that we're a burden, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so for her to just share with me that she could tell that by her just accepting this, he was so fulfilled in his needs. And I think a lot of women don't really feel this about men. So I'm curious what you're, he's, Igor's just shaking his head for everyone that's listening. Not shaking his head, sorry, he's nodding. The word nodding, he's nodding his head. (laughs) Yeah, um, absolutely. That's really what, I mean, a part of that is probably cultural, culture, the way cultures evolved, especially Mm. in the West, I would say. Is at fault about me, 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 narcissistic kind of thing and the equality thing, equating everything, uh, equalizing things, the genders, yeah, the and the polarities along with them and everything yeah. else. So, you know, then things become more about, well, I should pay for myself, and I, mm. I guess after myself because then it's equal why should the other person do that why should it become a burden and gold digger stereotypes whatever yeah it's like no it's 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 incredibly you know on a certain level again this is this is the this is the kicker here though at a certain level it's true too at the personality level we can't you know getting into like i I think i made a post about polarity quite recently yeah and somebody commented saying but isn't that codependence you know and I thought about that and I really dropped into it I'm like well yes and no it's like at what level are we looking here at the personality level yeah we can't become reliant on each other because it turns into codependence because there's a woundedness there that gets fed each other so yeah we should strive and help each other to to develop healthy sense of ego healthy healthy sense of self and personality where it's self-reliant it's it's itself also regulating soothing at the same time on a deeper level we want the dance of the masculine and the feminine Mm. we deeply desire these archetypes desire to live through us right the princess and the woman wants to be romanced by the knight in the men during the court phase yeah so does the king and the queen they want to relate in those ways and anybody who i work with eventually most of the time straight away but eventually we'll come to those to those deeper needs and those deeper longings upon which sort of the personality sits um please remind me the question because i think i went on a tangent again no i love the question i love what you just said because those are beautiful things to think about um princesses and queens and and all that stuff um uh the question was um why do why do women these days have such a hard time seeing men in their need to to provide in that way like that those needs are being filled by them providing like that's all it is yeah well i do think again i mean partly if we look at probably historically and culturally it's like that women's empowerment thing that went a bit extreme or went a bit too masculine it's like we can provide for ourselves we don't need men to abuse us and control us and repress us and hold money over us so we can do it ourselves great yeah of course they yes yes you can and it's like it's been proven and it's like 
Yes, but but the feminine power is actually in the surrender, in the trust, in being held. And at a deeper level, these women do want that, right? Yeah. So it's like, um, but it, on the flip side of it, a lot of men have gone onto this ultra independence thing too, and into narcissism yeah. too, into the equality thing too, and so they struggle to express some of this stuff, right? Right. So, so, so that's what you're talking about there. Why do they struggle to see it? Now, what I found that's quite interesting though is that some of these more traditional roles and values, like where you and I are from, even though there's a lot of toxicity, there's a lot of polarity still that's playing out mm. in a way that, that is, has been homogenized and equalized and centralized in the West. Yeah. So the man will still look after the women. They will still be chivalrous and open doors for them. They won't let them pay. Totally. Totally. So there is an aspect of it that, to me, is beautiful. And I think, you know, yeah. we need to acknowledge and, and and take from that uh culture because i think it's a healthy thing yeah and you know what else that i found um specific mm. to i'm just fascinated by like soviet stuff uh, obviously it's where i come from but um with all their faults and all the all the difficulties the men that i found also have these really really strong deep bonds with other men mm. um in the point to, to the effect where they don't they don't suffer from this like hyper individualist loneliness american kind of western thing that happens which is i feel i feel very interesting is yeah, that yep. is that similar in australia do you think that like yeah, kind of just yeah, western sure. thing for sure i mean i mean what we have to look at there is this idea of um individualistic countries and collectivistic countries yep truth so what the western cultures are based more on individualistic ideas which is all about autonomy personal mm -hmm. need and for that to happen, you need to separate from the tribe. Mm -hmm. That's how you get personal freedom, right? right? It's like, if I can step away from my family and be free and empowered, I can make my own choices. Nobody can control me. My family can't control me. My tribe can't control me. But what's the what's the, what's the the cost of that? Right. I'm lonely. I'm yeah. fucking lonely. Yeah. I've now secluded myself and my tower, right? Mm. As if you look at collectivistic countries, India, China, Russia, Europe, you know, a lot of countries around the world are collectivistic. It's more yeah. about not, not about me and my needs, it's about yeah. what's what's good for the family and the tribe. Totally. Right. So there's a lot of warmth, a lot of closeness, yeah, a lot of more bonds, right? But the cost is less yeah. individuation and differentiation. Yeah. Less about my needs and freedom and now I'm enmeshed and you know, so so there's 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 positive and negative in both. The question is, how do we harness the positive in both? How right. do we create, you know? And that was my journey. It's like coming as a foreigner to a different culture. Yeah. My family, like big fat Greek wedding, you know, up, yeah. up in each other. There's, there's no understanding of what boundary means. Yeah, totally. Family, right? It's like totally. I, I had this thought at some point, like I got to teach these Russian parents here in Australia what the hell boundaries means because. All the kids are rebelling as hell, and the kid and the parents are like, "What the hell? My 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 kids don't love us. What, what you know? They don't get it." Yes. Right. Come so, come teach them here too. Yeah, yeah. We should we should create a course together. Yes. Um. Anyway, so it's like, well, so my transition, my journey was first the way to oh, I, I got to get out of the cesspool. I got to find my individual yeah. identity, who I am, yeah. blah blah blah, Western values, but also spiritual calling. I would say. Yeah. And then it's like, oh my God, like, where is my family? I'm living here in, you know, spiritual land and 
all this freedom it's like but oh i miss i miss i miss the bondedness and connection and devotion and dedication mm. um so for me it was the same journey coming back in yeah. and taking the gold from that so it's like for me has been the journey of finding both it's like how can i maintain my unique sense of self while being amongst the family amongst the tribe amongst the community i love that that's so that reminds me of um sebastian younger wrote this book tribe have you read that book no but i i have seen it yeah yeah it's great i mean he just one of the anecdotes and one of the things he shares is just that um it's a class issue as well, right? The more wealthy people get, the more they want to seclude themselves in their ivory tower. They have plenty of rooms for everyone to sleep in. Um, people that don't have a lot of money, they sleep in some in the same rooms and they bond in those ways. Um, and he talks mm -hmm. about how people report like feeling more fulfillment during like times of war and famine than they do during times of peace and yeah. <laughs> which is mm -hmm. very interesting to me. Um, just how yeah, same thing same thing yeah same thing i remember reading somewhere around disaster times of disaster and crisis yeah. all these boundaries melt people become human you know neighbors and the pauper and the king it doesn't really matter anymore you know class yeah. seems to just dissolve yeah yeah well mm. speaking of that like when it comes to you know i totally subscribe to all of the beautiful elements of you know, classic masculine psychology, right? The order, the logic, the, it's, it's so important in, in our lives, like both within me and learning how to harness that. And also like appreciating it out in the world. What is it um, about the masculine psychology that is really into hierarchies and order and, and logic? And what is it that drives that desire to, to create that kind of, that kind of order and specifically with hierarchies? I'm curious if you've thought about that yeah i mean i think uh without some sort of order there's no coherence there's just mm. undifferentiation right mm. it's like if there's no boundary between you and i we're all enmeshed together we're we're in a vegetative state of oneness with everything without consciousness of the fact right right so so chaos is the what arises so which is why often in polarity teachings they talk about the feminine with can be chaotic. Mm -hmm. Now it's only chaotic, the feminine is only chaotic when there's no order or structure. There's no masculine to bring some order and structure. Yeah. Question is, how does the masculine do that? Repression in order to uh, contain the chaos and function somehow is the old way, it's the survival way. But it's still a way of still trying to bring some kind of order and often protection and safety to the tribe, the family the 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 wife yeah. and the children yeah right yeah it's like i have to shut them down because we're in danger we might get looted i don't know whatever right yeah. yeah um but with the deeper masculine the same impulse is there to create structure containment order boundaries mm. for the safety but it's done in a way that's loving with heart with softness with understanding with um you know so it's like all right, there's all these big emotions if we look at the emotional spectrum mm -hmm. of things. But I can at least go, all right, I can put boundaries here. I can look at this chunk. I'm not going to get overwhelmed by everything. Mm. People who are often overwhelmed or often lack the masculine ability to, in consciousness, to create structure within their emotional self. Mm. You know, so, so, um, yeah, so, so hierarchy and order 
is the you know is necessitated by the masculine in order to create some kind of semblance of uh coherence in life in consciousness and in the world yeah. you know there's certain rules that need to happen in order to understand how gravity works how science yeah. works how do we build building how do we make, uh create um rules by which we function how do yeah. i create my boundary to have this is where i am this is where anna be begins right yeah. individuation is, yeah. is still a masculine process right so um in my my perspective you know the masculine is necess necessary for structure as long as it comes from that deeper place of serving and mm. love and order for the feminine love that question for you so we talked about how you know the masculine feels fulfilled in providing for the needs of the feminine really just like serving in that way what do you think are some like really just other aspects of of need that that masculine psychology has like to be fulfilled in the sense of like besides of course being provisional being all of that being all of the the container like you talk about are there um certain other needs that you think are not fulfilled often for the masculine um what is he really like looking for i think in in a greater sense yeah i mean i think it's mastery is okay. one thing okay like how do i master my consciousness and my and so my kingdom okay the symbol of, of consciousness's kingdom often in the western mm. psyche mm. right as espoused by carl jung and others yep uh, James Hillman and stuff like that. So it's it's within our consciousness, this medieval archetypal mythology and cosmology, right? It's like, that's my consciousness is my kingdom. How do I become a master of it? How do I rise as king within that? How do I rule within that? So um, it's about that self-mastery and also within consciousness, within king, because there's also the father. Yeah. The father is more like, okay, I can rule my consciousness. But the king is also connected to the divine to god yeah yeah and so it's like if i'm getting if i'm getting guided by god to do these things then um first of all i'm pure in that way because any of my ego and bullshit that comes up that's just going to force me to 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 burn that up because mm -hmm. anything that comes up as as my ego you know I, idealistically speaking um is going to be self-serving i'm not serving the kingdom anymore yeah yeah i want the woman to do that and the children to do that so that I can get what I want. Uh, this is more about every time it's like, no, God's telling me I have to do this. And even if it's going to hurt my ego and burn that up, mm. right? So, so for me, it's it's about the masculine journey. One way of looking at it is to go through that archetypal arc of yeah. the different archetypes, the, the, the warrior, magician, yeah. lover, the prince, yeah. all these different things. Get to a healthy version of each one of those. Yeah. Stand in the middle of the quadrant of, of all of them as king with connection to the divine. Um, be able to master self and be able to master their own domain externally in the world, whether it's creating my own kingdom or within my own family or creating an empire. You know, there's plenty of beautiful entrepreneurs with this beautiful conqueror energy and empire builder energy out yeah. there yeah. who create these things and make them benevolent, you know, for, yes. for betterment and serving of other people. And I think that's a beautiful expression of the masculine right there. I do too. I think it's so attractive, so beautiful, um, so desired by the women in the world. 
I think what's interesting is that I've met men like this. You just talked about men like this. They're out there. I think in media, we get served not that. We oh, yeah. like we so for example, I've, I've have you seen White Lotus? Oh, I started watching that. No, is that good? Okay. I mean, it's been like yeah, I I really try to be selective just cuz there's so much out there and I I think this is an amazing deep dive into just like people's psychology and baseline. Mm-hmm. Um also what I love is that each character is so dark and so light. Each character. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. really well done, but I think one of the little moments that I just like I want to share is that, you know, this young adolescent girl, she maybe she's in her 20s, um she's again presented with a man who is like she says jump he says how high just like so the nice guy the classic trope the nice guy that just has zero boundaries zero self-worth there's there's a lot missing even though he's an attractive man right so then she sees the like the bad boy archetype over on the other side right this guy who's just like doesn't ask for permission, just goes for things, kisses her randomly. So she ends up going off with that guy for a few days. And then he, he leaves her in the middle of wherever he's just, he pulls like some unpredictable, just like I'm over you stuff and leaves this girl. So she comes back and she, she goes back to the nice guy. She's, she's only had these two options. Ah, it's frustrating that we don't have that like that 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 deeper masculine um in our media i'm so curious about your thoughts uh, 100% i've written i've written <laughs> right specifically about that because it's like i mean the way i see it is yeah. that, that it's still in vogue to demonize the masculine yeah you know from a hollywoodized perspective so it's yeah. culturally endemic um to to demonize the repressive patriarchy, right? Yeah. Which means throwing away the toxicity with the masculine rather than differentiating what is the healthy masculine. So mm-hmm. all the, the 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 stereotypes in the you know in the films from Homer Simpson, right? It's like this yeah. buff, buffoon and idiot who's emotionally illiterate, to as you said, the sweet nice guy, which is actually quite popular in a lot of um, films right now. It's almost like I don't want to offend anyone with my masculinity, so I'm going to fold myself inwards to uh, be at pains not to harm the woman. It's all they're almost asexual, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then then you have the bad boys who don't care about anyone. You got that archetype. You have the dark alpha yeah. stereotypes who are usually cannon fodder, you know, for the for the hero and the hero yep. usually protagonist is also. He's got a heart of gold somewhere in there, but he doesn't mind killing other people. And he's just like removed and aloof in a lot of ways. And he's got a dark and traumatized past as well. Right. So he's not available emotionally either for the woman. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, and the fathers, even, you know, that, that really hurts my heart. Like watching the fathers, how they're described as, as this, either these goofy, pathetic dad joke types, you know, or these horrible repressive types. Yeah. I was like, why? When? Uh, when are they going to actually pray yeah. and display versions of masculinity that are beautiful, that mm-hmm. are heroic, that are leadership-like, but also soft and caring and loving? And I'm sure there are some, but yeah, you're right. There is definitely more of that negative uh, exposure. Yeah. 
Um, I think probably when the demand changes, like in culture for what we want to see, maybe mm -hmm. things will change. Um, which kind of leads me to, I've loved this conversation. Thank you for diving into all these places. I'm curious. So I always hear men these days, specifically in like men's work circles, talk about this phrase. They always say, you know, the masculine, um, sorry, they say the feminine is the call to the masculine. And they always, they always say that. And I'm curious what your interpretation of that is. Um, I guess I'd have to hear the context from me, from where yeah. it comes from. In the sense where no, I mean, a lot of ways, and I mean, there's so many ways to interpret that. It's like, yeah, that's that's the feminine is the life giver. It's what gives us purpose to even achieve outcomes and be goal oriented, build the highest buildings and conquer the biggest, <laughs> the, the, the darkest nations for Cleopatra's, uh, you know, hand in marriage. It's what yeah. drives us, of course, enlivens us, but on a more esoteric, inward level, it's about us rescuing the golden fleece it's about us uncovering and rescuing the heart and the emotions and the softness with our spiritual warriorship internally and out in the world really yeah. uh so i think that's partly the call mm. but, you know, i have to guess i would say it's something around that that's what it's been like for me anyway yeah part of my journey yeah i'm curious to hear more about that because i think that is one thing that you know, a lot of the women I've talked to, I did a really great workshop um, like a month and a half ago where it, it was kind of like a 101, um, just like some differences between men and women. It was around like motivation, like speaking style, just a couple of of really important um, sexual differences. And I think one, one of the main themes was the women were just like, no, that's not true. That the whole call to the to the masculine, like, they're, they don't do anything for, it's not about us, right? Like that's the general sense that I've gotten from a lot of women, which is like, they truly believe that the masculine, everything the masculine does is, is, is for selfish reasons. It's not about them. And I'm curious to hear your journey of coming to the place where, where you don't believe that and, and you, you really do see it um, in a way where the feminine is the call curious to like just hear you expand on that in my experience they, they do know that it's like when okay. you appear from, from a deep enough place from yeah. a sincere enough place mm. um then they can feel it's, it's true there's there may be barriers of pain because mm. their trust has been misguided so many times by men who have maybe said something similar just in order to let's say bid them right and so break their trust sure sure that 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 happens quite a bit sure. but the deepest of levels um when you in my experience when you appeal sincerely enough and they can feel, feel the sincerity of the intentions and the safety um mm. of your presence uh it does reach it does mm. reach their hearts and and at some level they just know we all know mm. we all know that the quest of the masculine is for the woman's hand in marriage at the softest, deepest, most respectful, most honoring levels, you know? It's like the desire of the masculine is to claim the feminine, but not claim from a perspective of uh, ownership and possession, but it's like, I want to claim her in a way where she lives within my kingdom so that I'm fully catering to her. I'm so devoted to her, to mm -hmm. serving her. And it's like at the deep, deepest of levels, we all yearn and want that, but it's, are you talking about that because we live in such a culture of like you, you don't know me 
I'm separate. And it's like on some level, yeah, of course it's true. Of course mm -hmm. we have a separation as well. Yeah. But on a deeper level, we all yearn for that level of bonding that's sacred and juicy and beautiful and polarized. And, you know, otherwise it's too distant. We always feel like this need for closer intimacy. And we kind of scramble on the level of emotions to get there. But it's this is deeper, the polarity stuff. Mm. Deeper. Mm. Wow. Mm. That's really beautiful. Um, it, it was it something you just wrote actually, where you wrote about it, it might have been you, maybe someone else, but this idea of like the masculine isn't like trying to knock down her door to get inside her castle, but rather he kind of right. You were you you wrote that. No, that okay, was me. can you explain yep. that what you wrote? Because that was beautiful. Ah, uh, what did I write? Let me just look it up. <laughs> yeah, a second. Okay. I was like. I knew that I read that from you. I was like, gosh, this is so beautiful. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, no, that was um, that was a moment of insight. Where was it? Hang on. Here, I'm going to read it. A oh, man you got that, it. Yeah, I got it. A man that calls out a woman's protectiveness, defensiveness, and even aggressiveness when he attempts to be received by her is displacing his responsibility of becoming her protector so that she naturally lays down her shield. A man must rather respect her fortress, standing outside of it with patience and with a devoted offering of his own castle and its safety until she trusts him enough to leave hers and enter his. Yeah. So in other words, less verbose, less poetic, um, <clears throat> less mythological speak, I suppose. <laughs> there's this there's this vein within the inner development, self-development, spirituality movement that's all about. It's like, well, the masculine's direct and he calls calls things as they are and calls them out so you know so what happens is let's say there's in a relationship the woman has a wall up and the man's like you're not receiving me my masculine wants to penetrate you're not receiving me i'm calling out your defensiveness your trauma your childhood those things and i'm not responsible i'm only responsible for my needs everyone's responsible for their needs for their own healing right just spiritualizing these and completely just walking away from the hum from humanity for one thing yeah. it's like yeah. hey, let's help each other you know yeah. out of this fear of codependence and mm. actually it's fear of intimacy and closeness is what's really going on there but mm. what i'm saying in that post is <clears throat> when the masculine let's say can feel let's say she's closed down right there's a shield there there's distrust there for good reason too usually yeah it's like if the masculine can even even if he feels that there, mm. it's like can he simply because she's really what she's doing is like this like like keep me safe I I, yeah. I want to be safe I don't trust right now yet, and so can he stand at the shield at the doors of the of her castle, and just be patiently lovingly waiting there. It's like, I'm not going to walk away to see where there's an easier access. And I'm not going to yell at you, telling you to open up. Mm. I'm just going to be here with this. And with enough presence and devotion to even a protective mechanism, eventually it goes by itself because she goes, oh, okay, cool. He can protect me instead of the shield. And so that goes by itself. And mm. then he can step in and go, I've got you. You don't like, thank you for trusting me. Right. Yeah. 
so be, because patience is a is a is a mass deep deeper masculine virtue mm. you know she needs to unfold in her own time mm. so penetration isn't everything it's like penetration only when it's welcome and open yes sure. um, but also penetrating up to the next edge mm. and then holding everything desire you know on that's that's real honor that's real honor Honor is kind of going like I'm. I'm going to protect your honor, you know, to use that uh, medieval terminology again. Yeah, which means I'm going to protect your space, your sacred space. Yeah, and I'm going to stand here, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be intruding, and I'm going to hold back anyone else who does. Yeah, thank you. Very beautifully spoken, and I love how you use your medieval terminology because what it's done for me, even during this conversation, and I'm sure for everyone listening it's brought me right back to my natural instincts. Um, and and it, it does that, right? Like we are so much more closely related to our medieval ancestors than we are to the computers we're looking at all day, you know? And um, it helps, it helps just like, for me also to, to claim that, yeah, like, I, I don't want to stay in my castle by myself. I want to go in his, like, mm. that's what I want deep down. And I know a lot of women want that. Um, but aren't allowing themselves to admit that in this day and age. Yeah, for fear of, you know, I'm going to be disempowered, let's say, and I don't want to be a damsel and I want to be empowered. It's like, that's true, but on another level. And on this level, you can you also desire to surrender and soften and be taken and be looked after. It's like, there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with holding this spectrum of both. And so when I work with people, it's some are in extreme polarity and they need to develop mm -hmm. more so uh, on their personality level mm -hmm. some are the opposite so it's like it depends who is where you know yeah. so i think a, a good practitioner to find for people if they're looking for, to work with someone as a couple or as individuals is someone who can attune to where they're at what are their needs where are they going rather than somebody who's let's say dogmatic and it's like this yeah. is what i teach this is how everyone is totally. and that sort of thing yeah that's what's so beautiful about you and your uh, perspective you're able to really help people i think and especially in 2023 like hold you know i want to go for my dreams i want my passion and purpose to be alive in my in my life and i also want to be in relationship and be cared after like you said and i want these different things and so um i feel like that's just a perfect segue to wrap things up and i would love for you to if you guys have loved hearing about this, like Igor is just such a wealth of knowledge. I feel like I've learned so much this, this hour. Um, what, you know, if you want to work with him, I know he actually, are, he has a client here in Dallas. So he works with people all over the world. Um, so yeah, Igor, will you tell us a little bit about what you do right now? Any offerings you have coming up, please? Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I work as a, um, I just call myself a psychotherapist slash healer. I mean, I do have the ability to to tune in on certain psychic depths and levels. So I, I use that to inform my uh, approach. Um, so I offer one-on-one -on -one sessions as well as couple sessions. Um, so yeah, and I have, you know, a, a client base that is international um, as well as within Australia. So my work I do uh, through the online kind of medium and I do a lot of writing, so I uh, I post a lot, as as yeah. you have seen. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> wanting to write a book at some point, you know, yeah. hoping to find coherence to all these pieces, and yeah. um, 
yeah, that's 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 kind of my offerings. That's so beautiful. What's your um I'm just curious now, but like what are your priorities just like creatively over the next year for yourself? Um yeah, I mean I think the book would be really fantastic. Yeah. I just feel really like I've landed certain things that that, that I'm personally uh found and discovered and mm. articulated. Um so that would be really uh, I think the most satisfying, but every session I work is is beautiful for me. It's like a it's like a work of I see it as art. I mean, psychotherapy was originally an art form. Mm, I didn't know that. So, yeah. So so for me, it's 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 really art. And every time, because you know, the human soul is is, is so mysterious and it's you you're working with every session is completely different. Mm. You know, and it goes where it goes, and at the end there's this beautiful wholeness to it mm. and honoring and a, and a deeper understanding of the human condition of the spiritual you know condition and um so yeah I I, I love what I do I just love mm. what I do wow your presence is beautiful your nuanced approach is wonderful I'm all for more nuance in the world um less just this or that thinking and more nuance and we're also deep and we've got so many layers. So I just love that. I'm going to add all of Igor's links to the bottom of the episode. So you guys can check it out, um, book a call with him and um, yeah, you won't be disappointed. Thank you so much for this beautiful conversation. Hey, thank you for having me on. I love, love talking about this. Thank love you. Love it. Of course. All right. Till next time, you guys. Uh, thank you.